And boy, have things gotten crazier week by week. And now that they want to come door to door, now maybe they're just saying this, maybe they really will. I don't know, but I do know one thing. We are rendering everything unto Caesar and nothing to God anymore. Let's pray. Father, in the name above every name, Jesus, Yeshua, we ask that you would bless this show tonight to be a light unto you, Lord, and a call to your people to make a decision. Are they going to render everything to Caesar? Are we finally going to give God what belongs to him? Lord, help us in this fight in the last days, Lord, not a fight that we are doing with guns, but the one on our knees for the lost of this world, Lord. That the hope of the second coming of Jesus, by the power of his resurrection, cleansed by the blood shed on Calvary, Lord, I pray for victory, and I ask it all in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Tonight we are discussing rendering unto Caesar what is Caesar's and rendering unto God what is God's. And I believe this is a crossroad time in our life the crossroads that each person needs to come to in order to make that decision which way we are going to follow. I want to go back and reread what Jesus said in Matthew 22, starting in verse 15. It says this, Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, We know that thou art true and teachest the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? Show me the tribute money. And they they brought unto him a penny. And he said unto them, Whose image, who is this image in superscription? They said unto him, Caesar's. Then saith he unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. When they had heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. Jesus had confounded them by his wisdom. Now, I don't want to get into a debate because there's some deep things here about rendering what does belong to Caesar. But I want to talk in a generality tonight of what is going on in the lives of believers. Now, there are certain things in this world that do belong to Caesar. And there are things in this world that we unfortunately, whether you want to debate whether it's lawful or not, I don't like it. I don't want to pay another penny in taxes to anybody. I think the tax system is unjust and what and everything and and that the tribute and all that stuff, that's supposed to be for the stranger in the land if you want to get biblical. And but what I'm concerned about now is that the people of God are rendering the things that belong to God unto Caesar by giving away their freedoms, by giving away the things that belong to God unto Caesar. 
unto the government. Case in point, I had told you not too long ago about a friend of mine who uh, attended a church over in an area um, uh, about an hour away from where we are. And the pastor had sent out a message and told everybody, if you don't get vaccinated, don't come back. Don't come back. I was in utter shock. I couldn't believe what I'd heard. Now, I because you hear of these things sometimes happening other places, but you don't, it seems like I never actually know somebody who has been at a church or somewhere like that where they absolutely mandated a vaccine. And I was trying to share with my friend, this is Mark of the Beast stuff. You don't take the jab. You don't get the mark. You don't get to worship because, folks, the Mark of the Beast, yes, it is about economics and things like that because no man can buy nor sell. But the Mark of the Beast is also about worship. And that's a whole nother study. But they're telling you can't worship unless you take the jab. And people of God are giving up the holy things that belong to God, like the way we worship him, our service, the way we do. This belongs to God. Caesar has no place in it, but we are sacrificing the things that belong to God to Caesar. From our time, our worship, the things that we are focused on, Let's get even deeper into abortion, things like that that run rampant in our church, divorce, all the things that are going on right now. We are rendering all these things that are supposed to be holy, sanctified. Life is, 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 is precious to God, yet people render it to the God of prosperity, to Moloch, so that their lives won't be hindered by, by sacrificing their children. And then they put a little spin on it in church and say, well, it's okay, we can't judge. Now listen, if you've had an abortion, I believe God can forgive. And, and I believe God, trust me, I've broken every command you can imagine of. I, I can't even speak on certain, I've done it all wrong. And God does forgive. But I am not going to justify things that I once had no issue with, like I was a time in my life where I believed abortion was a great way to get out of responsibility. I am not going to support out of my ignorance because I don't want to look like a hypocrite, something that I know now is wrong. And it is wrong. And I was wrong when I was younger. And I used to support things like this because it was easy, even though I knew better, because it was an easy way out. And that's what's happening in our churches today. It just, we just came off this pandemic of fear unbiblical, ungodly fear of masks and separation in churches. In God's own house, we allow the government to tell us what to do, to tell people how to worship the Lord. We allowed it to come in there because we were rendering unto Caesar the things of God instead of giving unto God what belongs to him. And there are a lot of people out there that are in the remnant or so-called remnant community that are ready, you know, to fight the government. And I've heard all the end time prophecies and everything like that. And yet they spend no time with the Lord. Folks, I've been guilty of at times myself, too, of getting so wrapped up in this world. And that is wrong because if I'm sacrificing and if I'm giving Caesar my time with my work and I'm not giving God my time that belongs to him, then I'm no better than anyone else. And it is something we need to understand. We need to repent of, and we need to fast and pray and get back on the right 
track, the way God wants us to live in this hour. I have been ranting about the holy things of God for quite a while now because they are being neglected. But folks, it's deeper than just only the things we look at and say, well, this is holy. Uh, We see it as a biblical thing, you know, maybe the Bible, the certain commands, all these things. But we forget that, that the time we spend with our children is holy time when we instruct them in the ways of the Lord and we raise them up to know the Lord. And we sacrifice those times unto Caesar and our children end up growing up not knowing who God is. And it's an absolute shame. And what's going on in the church is when we sit inside of a pulpit or sit at somebody else's feet, whether it's a home fellowship that is preaching something else that is not of God, and we end up sacrificing our time to some worldly message that has nothing to do, and we end up still rendering everything unto Caesar and nothing unto God. And now, why does the government want think that they can come home house to house? Because the church in the United States of a backbone of America has no backbone anymore. We are powerless. We have no power left at all because we haven't fasted, we don't pray, we don't seek the Lord, and the power power of God has been almost rendered null and of no effect in the church in the United States of America. And that's why the government thinks that they can just go in and check everybody and force you into taking the jab and all these things because the church has went silent. We are rendering our things unto Caesar instead of unto God. And it needs to stop, folks. And I'm telling you, it needs to stop now. There are so many, so much wickedness going on in the world right now. We know that the president of the United States, he's not even running the country. It's a false shadow puppet. He's a puppeteer of a greater conspiracy that's out there. And I'm not talking about some crazy conspiracy, folks. Everybody, even the mainstream news, knows that the president of the United States is not running this country. Somebody else is. But the truth is, I can tell you the same thing's happening in the church. Jesus is not running the church in the United States. There's someone else that's running it because the churches have lost their voice. It's a shame when it takes a Canada, a pastor from Canada to actually stand up for the truth. And the pastors in the United States, they don't hardly say nothing. They wouldn't dare, you know, want to offend anybody. There's very few pastors out there left right now that will stand on the very truth of God because there's a famine in the land. And the reason there's a famine is because people are getting the reward, the fruit of their thoughts, as it says in the book of Jeremiah. God is giving the people exactly what they want. If you want to read these things, see these things, watch these things, then fine. That's exactly what you're going to get. And when you wonder why six-year-olds are being taught about how to pleasure themselves out of this wicked world, it's because the church, the people of God have went silent and the moral values are nowhere to be found. Who are you? you sacrificing your time to right now, listener to this program. I want you to take an honest look at yourself and ask yourself, are you giving your time to God or are you giving it to Caesar? Because Caesar has a whole lot of ways that he can take your time. There's a whole lot of ways that he can do what he wants you to do and neglect the very things of God. And I'm telling you right now, folks, if we don't come to this point in our lives where we make a decision, you are going to find it very difficult in the coming days ahead because we are at an absolute crossroads. We are back at that time in the book of Joshua in chapter 24 
You remember it well. The people are all gathered at Shechem. Joshua gives the history of Israel uh, to the people, how God dealt with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob uh, very graciously, how God used Moses and sent the plagues on Egypt and delivered the people through the Red Sea and swallowed up the enemy, how when Balak tried to hire Balaam, who was, you know, and he tried to curse Israel, how God would keep him from doing that every time. God had done absolutely everything for the people, and Joshua boils it all down here, starting in verse 14. And Joshua chapter 24 says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and served ye the Lord. Now I find that verse very interesting because it says, Now therefore fear the Lord. And I'm telling you, I believe the biggest problem we are facing in the United States of America is we do not fear the Lord. We have no fear of God in us at all because we have been told that God is just some little fuzzy teddy bear that's all cuddly and here to help us just feel better and help our prosperity when the truth is we're dealing with the lion of the tribe of Judah who is coming back with his his vesture dipped in blood because he has tread the wine press alone. He is coming for war and he is not coming for peace. But we've been told a false lie. Yes, God is loving. He is kind. And he will forgive anyone that will cry out to him. But if you think that you can lower his standard for a minute, you have another thing coming. And he says, you know what? We need to fear the Lord. Oh, folks, how our prayer to ask God for the gift of fear. Fear is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is a blessing because it keeps us on the track. It doesn't keep us sitting around the house scared and trembling all the time. No, fear is that healthy respect to the one whom we serve. Now, I'll tell you what, you get off his path, you may want to tremble and fear because it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And and people used to know that here in the United States. People used to know that back in the day, but we have forgotten it. And Joshua is reminding us, it's time to begin to fear the Lord and put away the false gods that came out of Egypt. Because I'm telling you, those false gods are right here in the United States of America. And most of them serve in the in the form of the United States government and all of the wickedness that go on. Verse 15, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua says, listen, if you think it's wrong to serve God, then you know what? God's about free choice. Isn't that amazing? As, as, is amazing and powerful, and and God is coming to render judgment. He still doesn't force people. If you want to go serve someone else, then go. Go. But Joshua says, for me and my house, we're not going to compromise. We're not going to bow down and take your whatever, you know, force us to get your jab and all these things. We are going to serve the Lord, no matter what the cost Joshua knew that he was at a defining moment, and so was Israel, and they needed to make a decision of what they were going to do. You know, right now, there are so many people that are in the midst of decision, and we often view these decisions as something terrible that's going on in our lives. 
We often see the trials that are happening and the everything falling apart as somehow either God hates us or everything's just not in our favor or things are just going wrong when we don't understand the things that God is desperately trying to do behind the scenes to get our attention. First Peter chapter 1 starting in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. Isn't that amazing? There is nothing in this earth that anyone is going to do to corrupt God's inheritance. You know why? Because it's protected by God. And the holy things that are God's, he takes care of them. You're not going to corrupt him. I'm not going to corrupt it. Nobody's going to corrupt this inheritance. But we have a choice of whether we want to have it or not. God gives us that right. Verse 5, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptation. Now listen to this closely, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So God's saying, listen, right now, if it's needed, and trust me, it's needed in my life, everybody, there are manifold temptations that happen, that our faith gets tried, that it would be tried and come and be found more precious than gold. And we know that that fire burns out that dross, those impurity in there, so that God will prepare us for his soon second coming. These trials are for a purpose. All this time we keep rendering, all this time to Caesar, God doesn't give up. He keeps trying to persuade us to turn around, and sometimes there are serious consequences, and there are trials, but if we only understood that God was trying to do it for our good and not trying to harm us, I mean, could you imagine if you if if you knew your child was going off a cliff, you would throw yourself in front of them. You would do whatever it took to save their life, even if they hated you for doing it, even if you had to knock them off a hillside and maybe even break their leg, but it kept them from running off of a cliff and, and killing themselves, you would do whatever it takes. God tries the same thing with us. He does whatever it takes, but ultimately in the end, we make the choice. But we will not be able to say in the last days at the great white throne judgment, we will not be able to say that God didn't try everything to get our attention. Even though you feel the fire, is it possible that maybe just maybe God has been trying to get some of our attention lately? That maybe, just maybe, God is trying to reveal that we've been sacrificing our time to Caesar instead of unto God? Is it possible right now that the things that we are going through is a wake-up call from the Almighty on high to say, get yourself back on the ancient path? The old ways that I spoke about last week. Is it possible that it's God doing that? Folks, I'm telling you, we are at a crossroad right now, and you need to choose tonight, this day, are you going to serve Caesar or are you going to serve God? 
Sometimes these crossroads, folks, and many times, they are not to harm us, but they are to build our faith because God needs us to build our faith so that we can endure until the coming of Jesus. It's a fact. I was in the Marines. Now, I can tell you right now, if you're going to go into battle and you've got a choice, do you want to go in? with some first or second lieutenant fresh out of Quantico, you know, some butter bars lieutenant up there that's never seen an ounce of war? Or do you want to go with an old crusty sergeant or staff sergeant that's been there three or four times? Which one do you want to go with, the college educated that's never seen war? Or do you want to go with that man who's been through the fire? You want to go with that old crusty sergeant because he knows when to get down. He knows what to do. He knows when to the time to duck. But you know what? The problem is today, too often we are choosing academia. We're choosing the so-called, what they say, the science, right? Over absolutely biblical logic, we are choosing the things of Caesar. And instead, God is trying to prepare us that even though the way is tough, it is for a great purpose. I had, I remember going through boot camp. I was like, why do I have to carry my drink like this, okay? With one hand on the bottom and one hand on the top. Oh, later when we got out to where we learned how to throw grenades, that's the way we had to carry things. We had all these things we were doing for a purpose. And yes, they hit us back in the day. I went back in the old days when they used to beat us, you know, but they were t- turning us into men, not into sissies. And there was a purpose behind it because they were training us to defend the freedom of this country, not to go over and pull the enemy's hair and slap their face and tell them that they've hurt our feelings. No, they were training men, actual men, something that's forgotten in today's society, real men who know how to treat and respect a woman and yet defend their country at the same time. That's a forgotten art, unfortunately, today. God bless those who still serve. I feel so sorry for you that are serving right now, having to deal with the ungodly leadership and the critical race theories that are being taught today. They'll teach us to hate each other based on our skin color. It's a horrible thing. If Martin Luther King was alive today, he would be called an Uncle Tom because he wanted white and black, all colors of children, to be able to get along. Not this hateful thing that's going on right from the pit of very hell today. Because the problem is, why did we get here? It's the fault of the followers of God. We didn't stand strong when we should have stood strong. Instead, we allowed these people to infiltrate our schools and overcome the children. We need to repent and get back on the right path. The three men in the fiery furnace, I could only imagine what was going through their mind as they were being thrown into there, as they were thinking about what was going to be happening. The best scholarly, uh, the, the knowledge that they think is they were about 16 years old, roughly, when they were taken through their homes. I imagine they were probably thinking, God, why did you take us away? I can't believe this from our land. And here they'd already been through so many, so many tests that were going on. And here they were about to be thrown into the midst of the fiery furnace. But they made a stand that no matter matter what, even they knew that God could save them. And they told the king that they knew that God could see, could save them. But they told the king, even if he doesn't, they would not serve his ways because they decided that the things of God were more valuable than serving the false idols of Caesar of Nebuchadnezzar, of the government of Babylon. 
I often wonder if they knew the promises of Isaiah when they went in there in Isaiah 43 two. when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee and through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. I wonder if they knew that verse as they went in there, because I knew that they know the word of God. I know that. And so I could imagine they were calling upon his promises. But in the midst of that decision, it cost them. But at the same time, it cost them if their actual standing for the truth later on in life ended up winning the king. Because it was in that fire that the king finally saw Jesus, the fourth man, the one who looked like the son of God. And even though Nebuchadnezzar had his time out in the wilderness, there was the beginning of a process of understanding until Nebuchadnezzar finally came and he recognized who the Most High was and he gave him the honor that he was due. So there will come a time, folks, yes, in this country, that even Caesar will render to God what is his because every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that the Lord is God. But you better decide now, who are you going to render your time to? I can't express to you the absolute seriousness of the hour that we are in. I cannot express to you that we are living in dire times. I cannot express to you how serious it is right this moment. But you better make a decision now because tomorrow could be too late. We are at a crossroads. And you need to make your decision. Are we going to give into this world and turn a blind eye to sin? Or are we going to stand on the word and share with people how Jesus can deliver them and save them from the terrible things that are going on in this world? I know that there are many right now that are in the midst of the fiery furnace of affliction. I know that there are many of you out there that your world is falling apart. And you're not always sure what tomorrow will bring. You might be broken and wondering, can I even trust God anymore? I haven't heard from him forever. I don't feel like he even hears my prayers. And it feels like you're at this place in your life where you're like, God, I don't know what to do. Remember what the Bible said, beloved, think it not strange, concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Job didn't always understand what was going on. There was a period of time in his life where there was silence from God. There was a period of time where he couldn't hear anymore. There was a period of time where he began to question why God was doing certain things. But you know what? God never gave up on Job. God was teaching Job a lesson in the end. If you read it, Job, even though he didn't sin between the first and second time, Job had some issues. You'll find them if you read all the way through the book. Job had a problem with his own self-righteousness. He tried to rebuke God, reprove God. Even the Lord calls him out. Who is this to reprove it? the Lord? Finally, Job says, I'm just going to cover my mouth and shut up. God had a greater plan for Job, and he has a greater plan for us. Folks, we are at this crossroad, and we've been serving Caesar long enough 
I don't know what it is that's been holding you back. But I can tell you right now, if you cry out to God, ask him for his fear back. Ask him for his mercy. Tell him you've messed up and you want to return. You make that prayer time your time and stop neglecting the time that belongs to him. And I'm telling you what, watch God do miracles. I don't know anybody who's ever honestly put their time into seeking the Lord in prayer and in his word that has ever been let down. You know what I find most of the time? It's when people want this popcorn prayer and they don't get it answered right away. And they say, God doesn't love me. That couldn't be further from the truth. Sometimes the Lord wants to know, are you going to stick this thing through? Are you just going to call on me only when you need me? God wants to prepare you. Just like I was being prepared when I was in the military and the Marines for things to come. I didn't always understand it, but when they finally happened, I was like, ah, that's why we did things that way. Folks, God's doing the same thing. He is preparing us for what is about to come because I know the world's going to fall apart, but let me tell you something right now. In the worst hour of this earth's history, God is going to use his people to reach the ends of the earth. The gospel is going to go all the way around this world and the end will come and he will do it in the midst of utter tribulation. But he needs a people who are willing to stand for the truth. Choose you this day whom ye will serve. This is Brother Frank on the Remnant Call saying good night and shalom. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.